Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Let's do it. Here we go. Levi, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me a couple of things about yourself. Um, so I was born on a farm. Uh, I milked cows every day after high school. Um, mostly it gave me a lot of time to think. And I kind of, my imagination would kind of um, explode as a kid. I have 11 siblings, um, eight sisters. Most of them are younger than me. I have an older brother. But it's funny, I, I growing up on a farm, I got to just spend a lot of time alone and in thought and uh, creating stories. It's something I've done my entire life. So Ever since I was eight years old, I made this little writing studio under the stairs and I wrote uh, <laughs> my first story and I realized it was a way to cope with kind of my undiagnosed ADHD at the time. Um, and that ADHD never, it, like it never made me bad in school. It made school a little more challenging, but it always, looking back, it didn't significantly impact my life more than it, it caused me to become a really good problem solver because I had to find way different ways to do things on my own because the normal ways kind of didn't work, but stories were a way for me to really creatively, uh, you know, ha have that outlet. And I wrote accidentally. I, I, so I wrote a book when I was younger, just this fantasy story, like a lot of us do. And I keep it with me on a little flash drive kind of everywhere I go to remind me, um, what's like true and center to myself. And I realized that like, I think a couple months ago, I was like, I wonder how much I actually wrote because it was like a coping mechanism. And it turns out I wrote like two books worth of words as a kid. Um, and I realized that like, if I didn't have that, I don't know if my imagination would have been able to uh, grow in the way that it was kind of needed so that I could move on to helping other people with the projects that I do nowadays. I don't know if that was way too much. <laughs> I don't know if I talk too much, so you just cut me off anytime. No, that was amazing. No, that was great. That was exactly, that's perfect. Um, so we got to hear more about what you're doing and your lemon to lemonade story you kind of started out with, with kind of how you were as a kid. So, so tell me more about what you're doing now because of that. Um, yeah, that's a great uh, question. It's been a journey. And what's funny about it is if I would have known right now, like what I'm doing right now, five years ago, I would have just, I don't know if my mind would have been blown or if I would have said, no, nah, I don't think that's the plan or, or whatever. But it, it's funny how it seems like my, you know, lemons were from such different trees and looked so different that I never would have been able to imagine what the lemonade would have been to use that analogy. Right. Um, it seems like each thing that has happened over the years uh, kind of opened up other things that were unexpected. And I had to be, again, adaptable, like we were talking about, more than anything, because it would have been impossible, I think, for the universe just to say, this is what you're doing. I had to go through the path. So right. I uh, I realized I, I wanted to make movies, which is not a great career path for somebody who was raised by an educator. Um, so I had to understand how that fit into my life and, and uh, how that would be a viable career and all those things. Um, and being raised by an educator, did they imagine you more just kind of the go to college and do the job kind of route? And so you're like, no, totally, I'm going to make yeah. movies. And they're like, <laughs> oh, no. Totally. And it's kind of one of those things that like I was almost disappointed. Part of me 
was disappointed that I knew I had to make movies because I'm like, oh, geez, it would be so much easier if I could do the traditional route. And I'm not that guy that like loves being an iconoclast or loves being like, look, I'm doing something different. I'm like, I'm just trying to do what I'm supposed to. Um, and that just happened to make me into that sort of person that went a different route. And um, years later that things are kind of gelling and coming together, it's making more sense. But there were a lot of years where um, people probably wondered what I was doing with my life and uh, what direction I was going. And I certainly wondered about it for a long time. Um, but I knew that it was the right thing to do, even if I didn't fully know what that right thing was. I knew that that was the path. So I, uh, I followed it. I, we made our very first film in 2018. It was a short film and it was with an autistic protagonist. And I was like, well, uh, usually neurotypical people or people that, that, that are non-neurodivergent is the, the names are kind of always changing in the community. But uh, usually a neurotypical person plays somebody that's autistic. And I was like, I wonder if it has to be that way. I wonder if somebody who's actually on the spectrum would like to play a character who's on the spectrum. So we had auditions before we even wrote the script fully. And uh, it took about 10 seconds into the first audition. We're like, that's absolutely it. We got to use these people not because we want to like have this awesome cause and do something really good, which is totally part of it. But um, the stories that we wanted to tell couldn't have been done without people on the spectrum. We realized after we've made four short films and now we're working on a feature. So. Amazing. So that's what I was wondering is like, what would make someone decide to work with people on the spectrum when you kind of didn't have to, I mean, you're, you know, a movie writer and producer and you could have used anyone. Is there any particular reason why? Um, yeah, people ask that and they ask if I had like a sibling on the spectrum. Um, if it has to do with me technically being neurodiverse with ADHD, it's, it's in the same umbrella. It's, it makes it, you know, I, my life is certainly a great deal easier than people on the spectrum, but I would say each person's different and, and individual and unique, but really it's just that kind of thing where you're creating a story or you're putting together a project and it's just, it just comes to you. It's like this inward light or this inward smile or this knowing where it's like, here's your character for this movie. And this is what they're like. It's almost like they introduce themselves rather than I wrote them, you know? And I find that when I'm truly in my, in my most creative moments, it's most like that. It's most like something is inspiring me rather than I'm just coming up with it all. So I can't say what it was for sure. Other than, um, this character, Anderson, little boy who meets a werewolf in the woods in our first, in our first film, uh, kind of just showed up and his name wasn't even Anderson. Cause that's the name of the actor that portrayed him. But I just knew kind of what direction I needed to go. And when I met Anderson, who was nine years old at the time, I knew it was him. It, and it was like, I had met him before I met him. So I feel like, uh, if we're just open to kind of those more zany, crazy, um, moments of inspiration we can really find some some incredible things along the way so i don't know if that answers your question yeah, that's, but <laughs> that's exactly it i see that you know sometimes we're just inspired to do things and maybe we don't have to have a reason or like a history in it and now you do you you've totally. taken this and now you're like now i can't get out of this way yeah. of doing it <laughs> accidentally now an expert people yeah. will ask questions like well you know the way that autism is, is portrayed this way or that way and i'm like oh how do I know those things? I didn't mean to learn all of that, but I learned, I learned them because it was important to me, you know? And I think that that's kind of cool to look back and be like, oh, that changed in my life and in my personality. And I didn't mean to, but it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good change. 
So what are you doing now? You said you have the four short films. Yeah, technically five, but I don't know if the last one will ever be fully edited because um, unfortunately we had some like files get lost and stuff. But what's good about that is the story from that one, from the lost fifth short film is incorporated into the feature that we're doing. So we are doing a feature film. It was kind of crazy. You know, we made those four short films and I was, uh, I was thinking maybe we had done it. We had finished, we did what we set out to do. And those films had gone to festivals in some parts of the world. I think the Thunderbird was viewed internationally and everything in festivals. And I was like, cool, that was really hard. <laughs> it was a lot of sacrifice. There was a lot of time and money on my end. Maybe I move on to something that's more secure, like we were talking about. And uh, it was just, again, that same feeling of like, hey, there's something else you got to do. And it's a big one. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I uh, I realized we needed to make a movie, a, a feature length movie. And, and um, that we were going to do a Kickstarter, which I, you know, the last thing I like is to ask people for money. Nobody likes that. I absolutely hate it. I would rather be creating all the time. But. I was like, I'm willing to do it one more time if that's what we need to do, you know? Um, and I was really hesitant about the Kickstarter, but it felt right. And I actually called my mom and I just had this moment of talking to her and, and hearing her support and saying like, we know what you're doing is just so good. And uh, like, I don't know about anybody else, but for us, for sure, we would support you. And we think of you, you know, as, as just incredible and, and kind of seeing her image of me and what she thought of me, what my family thought of me kind of gave me the strength and power to go for it. We did the Kickstarter. It was miraculously successful. I think we raised like more than a third of our money in the last hour. And so we started the movie and started production on the movie. And then it was shortly after that, I realized it's funny. It actually started with not wanting to pay taxes on all of the money from the Kickstarter that I started investigating nonprofits. And it was very, very clear that that was the direction we needed to go. And that no matter what, had we done the Kickstarter, no matter what, had we done any of the movies, that was what we were supposed to do is create a nonprofit. So we are officially, um, we are officially a nonprofit now. It's called Thunderfeather. We're a nurture group of a nonprofit that I've volunteered with for about 10 years that does children's theater. Their mission um, aligned with our missions. So they're, DPAC discovering potential through arts creativity and we are Thunderfeather a nurture group of DPAC that and our mission is discovering potential through arts creativity in film. So kind of the overarching mission is to tell new stories and different stories that have like never been told specifically neurotypical stories and with this project with this movie and its potential sequels which would be awesome it's with autistic actors a majority of actors on the autism spectrum. So we are hard at work we we have about a quarter of the movie filmed uh, we're going to continue to film and continue to work on Thunderfeather as a nonprofit so that it can become a viable way to empower uh, individuals to create film and to learn about film and to learn about acting that wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise. Because if you think about like an autistic person, they might not want to be on a movie set because, it, you know, there there are just so many moving parts and frustrations and noises and, and sensory issues and stuff. And a lot of our actors that came in for auditions say, like, I never thought I could be in actor or a movie because I'm autistic and I'm like that is so wrong that's just so wrong that somebody would feel that way so we at Thunderfeather fight to create a space where people that don't think that they could ever be actors or filmmakers can be um, and if that means changing the way movies are made so that the sets are more organized and efficient and low stress environments where people can really use their creativity then that's what we're going to do 
the original mission was just to make the one movie, but it, it has become just very clear that we need to create a community and an organization that can continue to create projects so that people can be included. And, and that means like potentially movies that focus on people that have dealt with mental health or other kinds of minorities or people of certain learning disabilities or anyone that wouldn't have the opportunity to, um, to learn acting and filmmaking because storytelling and filmmaking is such a powerful thing in our society. And we need people that can tell new and different and interesting and engaging and uncommon stories. Uh, and, and yeah, we, we just need more of that in the world. So we're doing our small part to increase it, I suppose. <laughs> That's what's so incredible about this is that you're just taking this in it and you're so in tune to it, just growing organically wherever it needs to go. You're just like, okay, I guess I'll do this. I guess I'll <laughs> make a nonprofit. I mean, like, it's just insane to me that you're just, you're just going with it and you're just passionate about this. And I just love that about this whole story. You're just doing it. Thanks so much. That has been a, a skill that wasn't supernatural for me, I don't think. Yeah. But that now is just a, like a second language I'm fluent in only because I had to be. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard when it's like you need to be adaptable and you're like, OK, but like what about making a plan <laughs> and being like required to not have a full plan and that that's your plan for now yeah. and making that plan step by step as you kind of have those steps of what you're supposed to do. Really kind of difficult and something that like I I'm not like particularly special because I could do it. Part of it's just that my life turned out that way and the direction of my life and what I'm able to do and that like my family getting started maybe a little later than most people my age, I'm 29, you know, all of these things coming together to just be like, I can't say what anybody else's path would be. I couldn't tell you to do exactly what I did because it was what I was supposed to do. But I can tell you that you have something to do, that there is a path for you that is just perfect. And that like, it's scary sometimes and it's intimidating and it might require some sacrifice. It might require a lot. It's always going to require work, but it's like, man, when you're on that path, the world is good and life is good. And even when it's bad, it's good. You know what I mean? And it's just rewarding. And, you know, we talk about the hero's journey and as a storyteller, I've analyzed the hero's journey for years and years. I've wondered why we've told that story since the beginning of time before culture and language and society. And they're literally like civilizations that have passed on. We don't even know very much about at all. We can't read their script, but we have stories that they likely told this, this story of the hero's journey where you think you're an ordinary person, but you're called on a quest and it turns out you're extraordinary all along. And I think it's because that's our story. You know, it's not about being the hero of anybody else's story. It's about being the protagonist of our own, of answering that call to adventure, whatever it may be, however many times it may come and just being brave enough to go for it. I think that we all in our own different ways deal with that and that like true peace and growth and beauty and joy is found through answering those calls, even though they'll bring the challenges, you know? That's, that's my personal life philosophy. It's, anyway. <laughs> it's beautiful philosophy. And that was the one thing I kept thinking the whole time is like, but it's scary, but it's, <laughs> but it's really hard and it's really scary and it's so unknown. And so that's, I think, where people get kind of stopped is like, yeah, that's great. I have this idea and this passion and this desire, but that's scary. Yeah. Just not do it. Very scary. And you know what? I've not done it many times and I regret every single one of them. And I have done it a lot of times and it has been really hard, but 
the important ones I tried to listen to and I try to go for. And, you know, I always use like Bilbo Baggins or Harry Potter or Luke Skywalker as an example, because those are kind of, you know, big um, story pillars in our society nowadays. And there's always this moment where it's like Hagrid coming up and saying, you're a wizard, Harry, or, or Gandalf saying, I'm looking for someone in which to share an adventure. Or, or maybe it's Obi-Wan saying, the galaxy needs you, Luke. You know, this moment, this call where they could say, you know, oh, I'm just a farm kid on Tatooine. Oh, I'm a hobbit. You know, adventures are nasty things. I'd rather stay home for supper or, or I'm just Harry. I'm not a wizard. And what's cool about those moments is that they were never ordinary people. Luke was always the son of Darth Vader. He was always meant to be a Jedi and, and he was a Jedi. He was just raised on a farm and, and Bilbo Baggins was an adventurer at heart, you know, and Harry was a wizard. He was the chosen one all along. He wasn't just a kid under the stairs. And so I think that we are, are, are hesitant because we know inside that there are going to be challenges, but being who we are, challenges included, is so much more peaceful and empowering of a life than living an easy life as a person you're not, I suppose. As a kid under the stairs, as a farm kid on Tatooine, um, we're all Jedis, we're all wizards, we're all adventurers at heart. And it is hard and it's scary, but man, we only have one life yeah. and it's about how we spend it. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly it. I love your passion and your excitement about life. I think that's so catchy to just like, yes, tell me more. I love this. So is there any advice you would give or anything to someone who might be feeling like kind of how you were? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. I used to give a lot of advice. I feel like we all like when, when we start out, we love giving advice. And then when we get older, we're like, geez, I, uh, is my advice even going to apply to anybody else? Is it like, can I recommend the path that I've gone down? Cause maybe I haven't done the best at it as I've been trying or whatever, but I suppose in the end, like I would, I would say what it has really come down to besides like the adaptability is what we talked about. I think at the heart of that adaptability is, is listening to you know, God or the universe or whatever, whatever you want to call it, whatever guides you, your truest self, listening to that for real. Um, because often we'll think that a passion is what we have to do and we sacrifice everything for that passion. But in reality, there was something at the heart of that passion that is supposed to be in our life expressed in a different way. Or there's something that like we know we should be doing that's bothering us because it keeps coming back and we're ignoring it. And, and there's so many different situations of how that could play out in different people's lives. I think that the one advice that I would give is to just really try to spend some time in deep thought and introspection and meditation of like, okay, who am I? What's my story? When have I been presented with the hero's journey that I haven't listened to? How did I feel? When did I listen? And how did I feel then? And really just analyzing your life in that way. Um, I think that that leads to a lot of good direction and you'll be able to know in your specific situation, you, what you should do because of the relationship that you have created with that kind of guiding force. But it's kind of like, there's no one size fits all. Right. There's no answer. Right. That's the answer for everybody. Of course. You know, like you might see somebody that you're like, they're my hero. I want to do exactly what they did. It's like, you're not supposed no, to do exactly yeah, you what have they did. You your are. own path. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And your own path is going to be so much cooler and better and more fulfilling than if you tried to do the path of somebody else, exactly. including another version of you that's not 
like the best you or the youest you. And, and I use that kind of uh, the, the phrase, the youest you that ever you'd, you know, that's what you should try to be. That's what you should try to find. And there's so many voices in the world that are like, this is what you should be. And that's what you should be. And this is what you should be. And some of them are good and other ones are bad and some are well-intentioned, but really in the end, it's like in here, deep inside, you are going to feel and find out who that is. And it's a process that takes your entire life. But when we do it out of bravery and faith rather than fear, that's how we'll find who we truly are. Yeah. Yeah. And embrace it and just go with it. Right. That's what I love what you've done is you're just scary as it is. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like, so what is part of your lemonade now or what's, what's next for you or what, what do you need help with? Cool. So I, I guess, I guess the lemonade is like, we're working on this film and that's pretty, we we've kind of built that system. We know how to make movies pretty well. And we learned that out of uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of trial and error through our short films. Um, but the way we make movies, we've really got that down to like our writing and our creative, like just how we form, uh, how we create a set and how we run our sets and everything. But the nonprofit world's kind of new. A lot of times I'm doing a, just a one man show with like fundraising and getting the word out. And even like I learned how to design websites and I learned how to, you know, do email marketing and all these things that I never thought I would learn how to do because I'm a writer and director. Um, but it was just necessary that I learned them. So I think that like um, building that community, you know, getting people interested in what we're doing and uh, passionate about what we're doing, not, not even necessarily as donors, like that's great. Our monthly donors get like on the wait list for tickets to the premiere and like some cool perks, but like, honestly, just people that are interested in the story that can share it with people. Maybe they know somebody who is on the spectrum that would like to act. And, and I guess getting the word out there, that's what it would be just yeah. getting the word out there about what we're doing, because that's not my expertise. My expertise is creating. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, as we're making the movies, just spreading the message so that it can affect more lives and give hope to people who think that there is none for them. I think that is the main ingredient in the lemonade that we're adding a little bit more of maybe it's a little tart and that's the sugar and we're trying to get more and more to get that right balance or something um that's probably where it would be that's that's it i think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like how to get the word out how to let people know of this great thing we're doing that could really benefit a lot of people and so that's why i'm grateful you're sharing with me today because i remember when i met you just briefly and heard briefly about what you were doing i'm like why didn't I ever know about this? Like people need to know about this. So I was just excited to hear your story more and be able to get the word out as well, because I think this is something that's exciting and just new and different. And I think it's needed. And so I'm just excited to support you as well. And and hopefully people can kind of get on board with with what you're doing and get excited about it and learn more as well. So thank you for sharing with me. Awesome. Thanks so much. And if you personally like would like to see the films, uh, we let people watch them for free, just thunderfeather.org. It's all on there. There's a short films thing and you can watch our very first scene that we tested out and all the other films and everything and and, uh, just see the incredible work that the actors put into it and see how we've improved over time. (laughs) Um, That's definitely something with filmmaking. (laughs) You're almost embarrassed to have your first things out there. You're like, oh boy, I don't want to. But you know, what what we didn't really know about in in the technical aspects that we had to learn later, which we did learn, um, the performances were brilliant for the oh. beginning. And those actors just knocked it out of the park. So yeah, I'm really proud of them. Oh. More proud of them than I am of myself for 
all of the mistakes I've made along the way, but they're, these, these actors are just incredible and I want the world to, to know that. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you for what you are doing. This is a beautiful thing and you're doing a great gift to the world. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. It's, it was a delight for sure. And thanks for the lemon tree behind you and the, and the painting. That's just fun and has helped me kind of channel my yeah, lemonade focused. analogies because I, you know, because yeah, that's the podcast. Not used to sharing this, not used to sharing the story this way. That was a beautiful story. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want to end with my gratitude to you and to everybody else who has heard about this and said, that's cool because it means that there's something inside them that wants to fight for people that don't have the opportunities they should. So thanks so much for that. Again, it was, it was truly a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing. Hang in there. Keep doing <laughs> it. You're, you're getting so close and I'm just so proud of you. So thank you. Definitely. Thank you so much. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. Yes, okay. Levi, okay. Levi Judson Harris. My parents named me that because my mom thought it sounded like a cowboy and I grew up on a farm. So <laughs> she decided Levi Judson Harris was the kind of, uh, you know, Good cowboy name. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Love that. Uh, I love how our parents try. <laughs> totally, yeah. And you know what? I'm comfortable on a farm and I'm comfortable in the city and I kind of have learned to be comfortable anywhere. So. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. Well, that's a great way to be is just to adapt to wherever you're at. And so I love that about you. How is everything? Are you so Good. busy? <laughs> I'm so it's grateful very... you took time. Very busy. It's it's a lot more than I initially thought to be writer and director and costumer and casting director and location scout and director of a nonprofit and fundraiser of that nonprofit and all of those things. So I kind of have to divide my time and sometimes I focus more on one and sometimes more on the other. So Oh my goodness. That overwhelms me just hearing the list of things. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing all. So thank you. We'll keep this quick then. I appreciate even the 30 minutes of time with you today has just been such a gift. So thank you for saying it was, it was a gift to me. It was awesome. I'm just excited. I'm going to go check out what you're doing because I think this sounds really cool. <laughs> and I don't know. I have a nephew that's autistic, but I don't know, you know, a lot. And so I think this is just something that's so needed to just educate people. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heidi. You're you. just wonderful and spectacular. So thank you. You too. Thanks for doing what you I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand. <laughs>